Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, it's our second hour. We go all the way till three today. Uh, we had advertised that Zub Mahente from ESPN was going to be on with us. Guess what? He's here. He joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Zubin, it is, I, I, I don't understand it, but every time, every time I turn on SportsCenter, I see your face. Do you ever take a day <laughs> off, pal? Today is one of those days, but we will be back tomorrow, so you're not going to have to wait too long. Uh, but tomorrow, I think it can be fun. I know about your audience is a little bit different because you're out in the Midwest, but Tomorrow, for those of you that have been watching uh, ESPN over the last few days, tomorrow we're getting ready, actually, for a uh, big 30 for 30 on Mike and the Mad Dog, which some of your listeners may know. I know Marty and Miller tend to mention them, but for you two guys as radio guys, it's always interesting. I'm doing a bunch of interviews today, and I hope that comes up in every interview, um, just because a lot of the reason we're talking right now um, is because of those two guys. I know it's a very New York-centric thing, and it's another ESPN East Coast story to a lot of people, but I think in this particular genre... If you were to watch this latest 30 for 30 tomorrow, for fans of your show that like to call in or listen or podcast or eventually whatever, listen whenever they can on their phone, um, you owe a debt of gratitude to these guys. So it's a, it's a kind of interesting homage that we're speaking today, considering that's our latest 30 for 30 tomorrow. Zubin, I can remember very clearly when that show went on the air, and I was we're doing play-by-play for the network at the time, and people said, what are they doing? Have they lost their minds? This thing will never go anywhere. They'll be off the air in two weeks. You know, it was one of those things where I remember it, too, because I grew up in New Jersey, so that was in the, in the tri-state area where you could listen to it. And it actually, they just celebrated earlier this month the 30th anniversary of Sports Talk Radio in general, because as we mentioned, they were the pioneers. So July 1, 87. And it's been 30 years, and obviously a lot has changed. But what's really interesting is it's not even just the sports talk genre. So, for example, I'm sure you're aware, maybe your listeners aren't, just because, like I said, it's more of an East Coast thing that's spread, and now it's everywhere. But they were the first group to go to the Super Bowl, right? They just went down together, and they just put a table down. They put chairs down. Mm-hmm. And as people were walking out, you know, the Giants were a, always a force there in the 80s, especially with Parcells and Taylor Filsons, all those guys. They had Favaro, And you'd walk by. Um, and as guys would just walk by, it's a Super Bowl week, they just grab them. Hey, you want to come on the radio? Hey, you want to come on the radio? Yep. And that, of course, turned into Radio Row. So it's just another small example about how they were the forerunners. Let's go down there and cover the Super Bowl, and now anybody who's everybody is covering the Super Bowl in that exact same fashion. Zubin, let's uh, quickly get to what your network has been uh, covering, both on uh, ESPN and the Deuce, and that is Wimbledon. Uh, an American man in the semifinals for the first time since Andy Roddick. Then, as he knocks out the defending champion and number one player, Andy Murray, then Novak Djokovic has to retire today with an injured shoulder. So now you're left with the old man, Roger Federer, carrying the so-called proverbial uh, mantle for the great players against uh, guys that are not known as great players. I think this is huge for the American men. I mean, this is gigantic. Uh, I think you referenced Andy Roddick. I think the last American man any major was Andy Roddick at the 03 Open, so uh, U.S. Open. So I think that's a huge step forward 
for Federer, I think it's great because I remember I was working on Sports Center the morning after he won or the morning of the Australian Open where he played a 30 year old Nadal, and people were like, wow, these two guys together again. And I remember in his victory speech, Federer said, and it really caught me because, you know, we were listening for all the regular things you generally say, let's praise the opposition, the fans, all this stuff. And he kind of said, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be back next year. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't said to sort of create oohs and ahs, because that's not who Federer is. But he was honest. He was like, oh, I'm 35. Nobody thought I could get to this particular final. I won it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be back. So I just want to say, if this is it, I just love coming down here. You know, the usual stuff. And to go from that comment, Jim, to possibly being in line to win two of the first three majors <laughs> of 2017 when you're 35 is just an astounding turn of events from January. To just think to yourself, wow, I'm lucky. Maybe the draw broke my way. Novak's been struggling earlier in the year. Rafa's been playing great, but this is really more my surface over Rafa's surface in Melbourne. And to be in position to perhaps win two of the first three with Rafa and Djokovic now out, to me, that's the most amazing story. To me, I just think it's just one of those things at 35, we've sort of taken for granted his greatness. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think you can do it enough. I mean, I know you're a tennis guy week in and week out, and I know most of us, myself included, are really sort of pay attention during the majors. I'm not really worried about like the the master series. I'm sure you're keeping track of it every week because you're a passionate tennis fan. But for those of us generally just watch it from a major to major basis, it's sort of like watching Jordan at the end or Jeter at the end. You just sort of say to yourself, I'm so glad I caught this because I'm not sure the next time I'm going to see something like this. And, you know, Djokovic has had his turn and obviously Prior to today, it had been a pretty good fortnight run. Nadal's 10s French are amazing. But I think when you look at this guy and say there's nobody that's ever stepped on a court, men's-wise, that's had more majors, and at 35, still going in a young man's game, um, I just think it's, he, he's never going to be one to draw attention to himself. So I kind of feel like we as the media have to do it for him, just to remind people how hard it is to win in the open era, any major at this particular age and now being the best player of 2017 when the majors counts perhaps by the end of the weekend. He's just not a toot-your-own-horn sort of guy, which is part of the reason I think he is universally beloved. Univer- any, any match, any surface, any tournament, yes. tons of fans are rooting for Roger Federer. He's playing an American at the U.S. Open. People are rooting for Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. He's playing Andy Murray at Wimbledon. Tons of people are rooting for Roger Federer. I just don't see that in any other sport. His just sort of reverence, not among the fans, Jim, his reverence among his fellow players. You just don't see that. That's a sign of weakness in other sports. People aren't going to go out there and be subservient to Tiger when he was in his prime. It's just, it's just a sign of weakness. You're a competitor. You're a colleague. But in tennis, I sort of feel like even his greatest colleagues and competitors have such an air of respect for the guy. It's just something you don't see in any other sport. So it is that week, Zubin, with the All-Star Game now in the books a couple days before we get to Friday and getting to baseball starting back up. That means it's ESPYs. Zubin, as an employee, you got to work a whole lot. Have you ever been able to partake in uh, go to the ESPYs? I've never been to the ESPYs. It's something I'd like to do. I think because to your point, Jim, when we first started talking about uh, the first question where you basically said, well, you know, it's just one of those things that we do, sort of like Mike and the Mad Dog. It sort of crept up. How long could it really keep going? I think initially 
maybe people felt that way about the ESPYs, like the first one, right? Because it's just like, Agreed. well, it's just there to fill time mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And now tonight is the 25th anniversary of them. From that point, I think it's fair to say that it, it also showed, much like our first point, a ton of staying power. And now I think it's actually morphed into more of a sporting event, whether you think about Stewart's speech, whether you think about Craig Sager a year ago, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, whoever it happens to be, there seems to be a much bigger sort of purpose to the ESPYs. I wasn't around 25 years ago, but my guess is 25 years ago, it was a way to capitalize on the slowest sports day of the year and bring people together for a red carpet show because even in today's world of 2017, people still enjoy the red carpet, the celebrities, no matter if it's sports or movies or entertainment or whatever the genre might be. But I think as we, actually as it has matured, it has actually become a much more, rever- uh, a, a much more revered event because of the awards that have been handed out, whether it's Jimmy B's speech, which I think still gets talked about all these years later, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, or Stu, or Sager last year, yeah. or whatever the case may be. And I think the other thing that's important to note, I mentioned this yesterday with somebody, but I think it's, it's worth mentioning. If the event was on ESPN, it would be one thing, um, because it would be something that sports fans would gravitate towards. But any time you put anything like this on a broadcast network, and it's on ABC tonight, you're basically saying that there is a wider audience there for it. If it was just strictly honoring sports celebrities and sports stars, you put it on ESPN, it seems like the perfect fit. But because it's on ABC, and because some of these awards go beyond sports, it's more inspiring, the power of sports, things like that, I think you're basically saying that we expect a lot of people that maybe aren't that interested in sports, like let's say we are or your listeners are, to watch it. So to me, that's actually a sign of growth. I don't think they would put it on a big broadcast network if they didn't feel like it had appeal beyond sports. And my guess is, while most of the people watching are sports fans, there's a lot of other people that are watching that may just be tuning in to hear an inspiring story or you know, check in with somebody that they've never heard of that's done something impressive. It's a small thing, but I think when you put something on a huge platform like that, you're expecting a bit of a wider audience. Zub Mahente is our guest, ESPN on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Yesterday, Zubin was the first of several news conferences for Floyd Money Mayweather and Conor McGregor. I don't know where you were while this was going on, but if you were in a <laughs> television studio and it was your job to hit the bleep button, you're probably you're probably at the doctor right now having surgery on your hand. You you used it so often. What did you think of that? We televised it yesterday at yes. five thirty. Yes. Um, and I would assume I haven't been to work today, but obviously since this is like part one of a four part world tour that they're doing for this particular fight. London, Toronto, it's going to be in Brooklyn here, too. Um, just sort of around the world. There's L.A. yesterday. Um, I, I would assume that from that particular standpoint, um, that I think this is just what this fight needs. Um, I think you're in a situation here where, at the end of the day, um, this fight is going to do really well. It, there's a ton of people pulling against this fight, and that's what I find so interesting. Um, but at the end of the day it always comes down to what the consumer wants. The boxing fan or the boxing purist says this is terrible. There's a lot of people within boxing that are saying a boxer should get this opportunity. But at the end of the day, like everything else, everything comes down to what the consumer wants. And part of the reason this fight happened was because, number one, there was just too much money on the line for it to not take place, obviously. Right, right? Right. Yes. I mean, there's no way they were going to pass up that much money. 
on both sides. They had to come to an agreement. They could disagree on everything, but they could agree that this would be a money-making endeavor for everybody, so let's just make this happen. Um, but the fans really wanted it. And if the fans wanted that's a that's a basically another way of saying fans will pay for it on pay-per-view. And I also think these you have two showmen to me. And whatever you think about each guy, um, and whatever you think about their personality or their character, um, this is something that a lot of sports would love to have. Privately, they would tell you that you have a guy that's maybe not so unlikable in Conor McGregor, but to a lot of people, Mayweather is unlikable. That's kind of the hat he had to wear when he fought Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have those sort of characters and guys that are not afraid to mix it up and show a lot of pizzazz, I think that's a good thing. Now, I think it's interesting because this fight doesn't really need that, but, but if this fight turns out to be as lopsided as people say it is, although it's very interesting how much money is being put on McGregor in Vegas in this fight, very interesting size fight. Um, but if the fight tends to be one-sided, I think you need a little run-up and build-up. Because you and I both know, like, if you're watching the NBA Eastern Conference Finals and you say to yourself, well, all right, it's the Celtics and the Cavs, <laughs> I think we know who's going to win this thing, and it's going to be the Cavs in a runaway. Um, you know, you need a little something. You know the matchup itself is not going to give you much, so you need a little buildup, and you need a little hype. And we got it. We got Isaiah Thomas coming out there saying, man, nobody believes in us. Man, we were the one seed. You know, all that sort of stuff. So when you have something that's really lopsided, you need some sort of something on the front to give it some push because everybody's going to say, eh, you know, what's the point? It's August 26th. Mayweather's going to knock him out. This thing will be over. If that's the prevailing notion, I'm not saying it is, but if that's the prevailing notion, you can't let the fight get there on that accord. Like, that can't be your one-line explainer to the fight. Like, hey, I wanted you to tell your buddy that doesn't know anything about this fight one line about McGregor and Mayweather. And before this presser, it was going to be, well, Mayweather's probably the, one of the greatest boxers of all time, so he's going to kill him. <laughs> that, has, that narrative has to go away as soon as possible because nobody's going to buy the fight if that's the case. So having these sorts of events sort of just muddies the process a little bit. Does it change anything in the ring? Of course not. But it actually adds a little bit of a layer to the fight that gives it a little bit more intrigue than there was before. Because if this fight doesn't generate any sort of heat, at least the buildup can. And I think both UFC and boxing, despite all their foibles, have been very good at doing that. Is this going to be a good fight? That's all I care about because <laughs> the buildup, I don't care. I'm not a big UFC guy. I'm not a big boxing guy. But if it's going to be worth the, well, not $100, but you get 10 guys together, 10 yeah, bucks each. 10 bucks sure. each, yeah. You can do something along those lines. Is it going to be worth it or is this going to be a laughing stock in your opinion, Zubin? I think it's going to be worth it, but I don't know what that means to each and every person. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh -huh. I, think, I think this is one of those things. Right. You know what I mean, Jim? Do you yes. know what I mean? Yep. I got you. I, I think. I, I think if it goes. I think if it goes a few rounds, and, and McGregor yeah. might land the punch. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, if you're a boxing fan, I'm, look, Floyd's been hit before. He's been hit by Canelo. He's been hit by. Yeah. He got hit by Ricky Hatton, and he and and he and he was able to get through that and then win. So it's not like Floyd hasn't been hit. He has been hit, just not like from a guy who's from the MMA aspect of it, who hits like a truck. Yeah, and the other thing I would say is I have a feeling, Trent, and this is just the way sports is in 2017, I have a feeling what's going to be more exciting than the fight is the post-fight. I think that's yeah. kind of the way society is going, right? Yeah. It's like the Cavs, yeah. the Cavs and the Warriors play, 
And I'm more excited for, Le- for LeBron after the game to say, I've never seen firepower like this. They're a super team. I didn't start the super team. It almost seemed like I was watching some of the more post-game press conferences from the NBA Finals with a little bit more verve and excitement than I was watching some of the games. And I see this happening, too. No matter what happens, no matter who wins, the stuff after the fight. I think that's a very 2017 American thing now. You see ratings for TV that sporting events go down. I think people are now getting to the point, not totally, but there's a tiny little shift in we're more of a highlight society. Just give me the highlights. Um, you know, there's a great example the other day. The Red Sox are in first place out here. The Red Sox are in first place. They're holding off their arch rivals, um, and their ratings are down 20%, 20% on their regional TV network, and even though they're in first place and they're the Boston Red Sox. And I think a lot of that is just coming down to they're saying it's because of day games and replacing Poppy, and it's early. But I think a lot of people now are just saying, you know what, I got the highlights on my phone. I'll just watch the cliff notes on my phone, and then I'm going to weigh in with my opinion afterwards. I think you saw that a little bit in the NBA Finals. You're seeing that for your favorite baseball team. I don't need to watch the Cubs all nine innings. I know they're terrible. Let me check out Schwarber's line, and then I'll get involved with my buddies on the postgame chat or on the radio or what people are saying. I think this fight is going to be just the same. Whatever happens, the real vitriol, the real anger will come after the fight from people defending their viewpoints or saying, I told you so or saying this guy was robbed like in the horn fight. I think after the fight, it sounds crazy, I think after the fight could be more interesting than the bout itself. However, I agree with you 100%. And however, the uh, officials reviewed the horn fight and de- did uh, declare him the winner. I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was totally <laughs> ridiculous. The one guy that had the most class in the entire thing was actually Manny Pacquiao. Now, part of Pacquiao knew that he had the uh, rematch in hand because right. of the contractual agreement that he would get a rematch. Um, it is a great moment for Horn. It is a great moment for Australian boxing. But I, again, it's so funny you bring this up, Jim. I think the verve and the anger mm-hmm. after the fight yes. <laughs> became a bigger story than Horn winning the fight. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. All right. Uh, switching gears because we're running tight on time. We have another guest coming up in a little bit, but we'll make them wait because we're talking to you. Uh, the NBA oh, so <laughs> <laughs> the NBA says now that they are going to limit teams to two timeouts in the final three minutes of the game. Here's my thing with that. I like Silver being aggressive. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, I think it's a good implementation, but here's the reason why. It's vis-a-vis other sports. Baseball forever was being told to speed up, speed up, speed up. Now, nobody knows if this intentional walk thing is really saving any time. It doesn't really feel like it. If you watch a game, it doesn't really feel like you're saving a lot of time. But think about, guys, in my opinion, think about how long people had to ask for that to happen. I mean, years upon years upon years. What can we do speed the game up. And then, because baseball's generally run by kind of an old guard establishment, even though Manfred's a newer guy, but it's an old guard establishment, they finally relented on this intentional walk thing. But think about how long you had to take just to get there. To Silver's credit, I have no idea if it's going to work, he seems like a much more proactive commissioner. When things aren't working, he's going to sit there and be like, let's fix them. Like, he hasn't come out and said it. I would be shocked if there isn't some sort of tweak to next year's NBA awards. He watched it, and he watched the lack of drama, the lack of excitement, the lack of buzz, the lack of everything. 
And I would think the next day he woke up and said, we are not going to do that again. <laughs> like, what are we going to do to make sure this works? So I give him credit in this regard. I don't know if that's going to work or speed up the games or make it a little bit more tolerable, but he is willing to address issues off the bat, right off the bat. I mean, think about how long it took Goodell to finally make amends with some of the things like the domestic violence policy. All these guys just drag their sheets because they're waiting for a constituent to the red tape. Got to give Silver credit. He jumps in there and says, this is hurting the product. This is hurting the product. We need to do something about it immediately. So no idea if it'll work. Credit to him if it works. But even if it doesn't work, I'll credit him with saying we have a problem and we're not going to ignore it or hope it goes away. We're going to address it. And that makes him way different than the other guys he calls colleagues in the four major pro sports. Zubin Mahente, ESPN. Zubin, enjoy the day off. Enjoy the ESPYs tonight, and we will talk again next week. Cool, guys. Thank you. See you, Zub. There you go. Finally finally gets a day off. Dude deserves it. He does. Like me. Jimmy B and TC, the Big Talker, 1700. 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to three, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind. And our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realize we're always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump, if it was available. We found Casey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options Casey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just a few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. Casey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for and affordable pricing. Visit Casey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674. I'm glad we went with Casey, and you will be too. Are you ready for some barbecue? Big Al's Barbecue is happy to announce his second location is now open at the Ramada Inn at Army Post and Floor Drive. With two Big Al's locations, there's no reason to miss out on some of the best barbecue in the Des Moines area. Big Al cooks all his meat low and slow to make it fall off the bone. And with homemade sauces and sides to choose from, you're sure to leave satisfied. Place your order now for Big Al to cater your private event. Don't forget the original Big Al's East Side location, just 900 feet north of the A.E. Cows on Hubble Avenue. Come eat Southern-style barbecue cooked by an Asian man on the east side and now open on the south side of Des Moines. Big Al's Barbecue. Big Al's Barbecue is this week's sweet deal. Get $50 worth of Big Al's Barbecue gift certificates for only $25. Yep, that's a sweet deal. $50 worth of Big Al's Barbecue certificates for only $25. There's a limited number and they're sure to go fast. So get yours Friday morning at 9 at 1700kbgg.com. You'll remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's. Why, you ask? Because each meal is prepared and crafted with the finest ingredients by Sam and Gabe's experienced chefs. Well known in Central Iowa for steaks, handmade pasta dishes, specialty pizzas, and of course the incomparable Steak de Burgo. Join them in Urbandale for dinner, Sunday brunch, and live music, or dine with them for lunch or dinner in the East Village. Private event rooms are also available. Reserve your table at salmongabes.com. You'll remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's. This is a test.
Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, everybody. We are back. Uh, Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly. We're going to do some NFL conversation. We're going to hook up with him in roughly about 10 or 12 minutes. So we'll wait for Andrew to get some things done, and then we'll get him on the show. Uh, 2 o'clock, Scott Miller, Major League Baseball Bleacher Report. will dive into what he liked and didn't like. He was at the game last night, right? I believe so, yes. Okay, yep. a- at the All-Star game. And then at uh, 225, Andrew Kramer, or a- Adam Kramer, rather, uh, kegs and eggs coming up uh, at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So Zubin cracks me up constantly be, just just because he just gets rolling and it just keeps going. But I, I, I found it interesting what he talked about where people now maybe are more interested in what happens post-game than the game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh that never used to be the case. The most important thing was the game. Never was post-game. Right. But for some reason, now that you have shows like this and across the country where fans can be heard almost immediately to either vent or praise one of the two, their team, uh, it's changed the whole dynamic of maybe what the game is all about. So, look, you and I have both done post-game shows. Yep. We, know, we know exactly how this deal works. Mm-hmm. I mean, the phone as soon as the game's over, phone lines are lit. Yep. Uh, you don't even have to give out the telephone number. They know it. They, have they, it they know it, yeah. They got to program it in the phone. They do. They know They're they ready know. to call and bitch. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Oh, God, it's great. Well, let's go to uh, a different type. Okay. You know, back in the day, it was only phone calls. And one yes. thing, I've been doing this now, Sports Talk Radio, for 13 years. Okay. And one thing that I've seen. You're quite good at it. <laughs> well, that's nice of you to say. Yeah. I know what you say behind my back. That's but, true. But one thing is people have a lot more mediums now 
to get their opinion out there. Uh huh. So the call into sports talk radio isn't nearly as important as it once was. Right. Because of that. And, and I, I, we can reference that just today mm-hmm. where we had a couple of tweets responding to the topic that we were talking about. Right. So, right. They, so they were tweeting us instead. And we get tons of interaction there on Twitter. That's what I wanted to bring up. Okay. So you said uh, we were getting some stuff. We were having a conversation about Iowa's struggles in bowl games. And if that yes. has any kind of impact, I argued... Not at all in terms of Gary Barta's future. Correct. Kirk Ferentz, sure. Yeah. And they are tied together, but singularly, Iowa could get blown out in another bowl game. That's not going to impact Gary Barta. If Iowa doesn't make a bowl game, that's a different conversation. I agree. That's where the impact is going to be. But uh, we were talking about bowl games, and I mentioned bowl games in the grand scheme of things don't matter. They're exhibition games. It's not like the NCAA tournament. Where you're in, you're one of the 68 teams in there, you got a chance to win the whole thing. You do. Now, we know a 16's never beat a 1. That is correct. We know that only one 15 seeds even made a sweet 16. But everybody at least has an opportunity. Everybody has a shot when they get in. They're all important. That's not the case in bowl games. And they've lost even more luster with what college football has morphed into. From starting with the BCS and even before that, the Bowl Coalition. Remember that disaster? I remember that. Which was uh, improved upon with the BCS. With the, yes. And now we have the four-team playoff. The Rose Bowl doesn't have the same appeal. It doesn't have the same as it, sway. It, 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 as it used to. As it used to. The granddaddy of them all. Right. Yeah. Isn't that? We saw an amazing game last year. Penn State-USC. Was fantastic. The best college game that we've yeah. seen in, in probably a number of years. Since probably USC-Texas. Yeah, you can make that argument. Or you, but, or, or, but the Clemson-Alabama game was, was, was right well. there, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, that game was pretty sloppy in the first half, yeah. as opposed to USC-Penn State was up and down. Yes, it was. And entertaining. But... It didn't mean anything. There was no national championship on the line. Right. It wasn't what you had in the past where it was every year. Big Ten champion, Pac-10 champion. Yes. That's where they go. Yeah. It's different now. Those the Penn State was the champion. They didn't get in the college football playoff. The team they beat, Ohio State, did get in the college football playoff. Promptly laid an egg. But that shows you how different bowl games are. But uh, listener Shelley sent us an article about oh. bulls mattering. Okay. That bulls do matter. Thank you, Shelley, for uh, sending that. So I'm going to take a, a little peek at this article. This comes from, let's see, who wrote this article? Lou Voza uh, back in December. Okay. And five reasons. Five reasons why bulls bowl matter. matter. Okay. And this is as it pertains to Iowa. We're going to put it in that context. Oh, because okay. That's what we're talking about. Yes, here. we are. Yep. We were talking about Iowa. We're not talking about USC or anybody else, just Iowa. As the blowouts continue for the Hawkeyes. Correct. How much impact does that have? Five in a row. Point number one. Okay. The national television exposure is crucial for recruiting. Okay. So Iowa, the years that they have excelled in bowl games, when they beat LSU in the Capital One Bowl, when they beat Missouri in the Insight Bowl, a top 12-ranked Missouri team, Mm -hmm. uh, when they beat Florida in the Outback Bowl, you can point to a number of bowl victories that they had. Did Iowa's recruiting improve? We don't really have any way to, but I would probably say no. No, it didn't. Yeah. It's going to be 
between 35 what, and 50. What, what it generally is. In the recruiting rankings, yep. bowl win, bowl loss. That is Iowa football because of where they are, where they're located, the number of D1 prospects in the state, and the way that Kirk Ferentz and companies recruits. So, point number one, no. Okay. Point two. Okay. The results help determine next year's preseason ranking. It's true. That is true. That is true. But does it matter? No. Iowa never ranked in the top twenty-five anyway. Well, they have been. No, no. But I mean, just just for the for the uh, assumption of this particular point, they they weren't going to be ranked in the top twenty-five this coming season anyway. More than likely. Not. Yeah. Right. Right. And even if they are, it really doesn't matter. You right. get a little more build up, a little bit more hype, but. We've seen the most hyped teams over the last two decades of Kirk Ferentz usually be the bigger disappointments. Mm -hmm. The ones that don't have that hype turn out to be pretty good. Number three, the games give fans an opportunity to watch teams that normally get left out of the regular season Saturday television rotation. Uh, no, I'm not. No, 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 no not <laughs> now. No, no. Uh, if you're in, if you're in a Power Five, you're on no matter what. Look at I. I I'll use Iowa State here. They were they've loaned three games the last couple of years. They're on TV every week. They are. Back in the day in the Big 12, that wasn't the that, case. That, anymore. Right. But everybody's on TV. Anymore, everybody's on TV. You're in a power conference. Yeah. You're going to find a way on. So that one, no. No. Number four. Provides an excellent indicator of relative conference strength. Well, now we're just chasing our tails around. I here. would say so. What was the best conference in college football last year? Uh well everybody would say it was the SEC. No, no, no. But no, no people would just say that. But I think I thought it was the Big 10. No, no. Huh? ACC. The ACC. But again, no. And and how It was a Pac-12. No, it's never a Pac-12 chip. <laughs> I know you're a West Coast guy. Was, was it the was it the was it the American? I, I take the American over the Pac-12. <laughs> that conference was a disaster last year. And number five, what the heck else are you going to do on New Year's Day? That's correct. Okay, okay. Sure, I, sure. that that one is correct. Bull games, meaningless is not probably the correct term. I agree with that. They're not meaningless, mm -hmm. but the actual three and a half hours of the game is not the most important part. It's down the list. It's the experience. That's what's important. And if you don't go to bowl games, if you're just a fan, you've never been to a bowl game before, you never plan on going one in the future, December's a tough time, you know, you can't make it out, whatever it is, okay, maybe you do have a different look at it. I'm talking about the fans that do travel, though, that are making this a vacation. But doesn't it get even to that fan that has the financial disposable income to travel? Doesn't it even beat that fan down at least a little bit, getting ripped in the last five years? At this point, maybe. Okay. Because it's been continual. Yeah. But you know what? Going into the Rose Bowl, they've been blown out. They were blown out the year before oh, by they, Tennessee. They were. Tennessee Did that keep ripping. anybody away from no, the Rose Bowl? not from going to L.A. Exactly. That is right. Because it was about, it's the Rose Bowl. It's the experience. Yes. Iowa hasn't been there in 25 years. Right. It's L.A. We're from Iowa. We'll take our pasty whiteness out there, and we're going to have some fun in the sun. That's what we're going to do. All right, now, let me just jog your memory here real quick. You're looking at it from the fan experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about the team experience? In other words, the players themselves, the coaches themselves, been ripped the last five years. Okay, there's turnover. Yeah. We know that in players and in some coaching areas. But still, they're going there trying to win a game. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that it 
is a beatdown to players and coaches who have experience, say, year after year of getting blown out. So they bowl game. I, what are you getting to though? I'm I'm just the fan. They're, they're not they're not trying as hard. No, they get there. No, I don't. They're think, trying too hard. I I, I don't know. I, I that, don't, that's what I'm saying. That's a I bunch don't of know. psychology baloney. That you're not buying that no, either. No, just like well, oh, the te- this team wants revenge. No, no, like I'm a, not doing that. Well, it's kind of the same kind of thought process here. How mentally are they unprepared? Were they unprepared for the game last year against Florida? Beathard got hurt. They played a team that was more talented than them. They, were. they couldn't throw the football. Yeah. Their offensive system, the passing game was awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are the excuses. Oh, yeah. It's not because they lost the previous year in the Rose Bowl. No. Or got no. blown out two years before in the Tax Slayer Bowl. It wasn't that. Florida's just a lot better team than they were in that day yesterday, last year. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew Garda is going to join us. Uh, he's on the way coming up uh, Pro Football Weekly on the NFL. Jimmy B and TC right here at the Big Talker 1700. News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. It's baseball season, and if you're looking for a place to go for all the MLB games, make it Draft House 50 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Cubs, Twins, Royals, White Sox, Cardinals, even the Brew Crew, or an out-of-market game. Draft House 50 has you covered with the MLB Extra Innings Package. Upscale bar food, an amazing beer selection, and on the weekends, brunch and Bloody Mary Bar every Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Draft House 50 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Like all of you out there, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. He would flip-flop all night long, wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or feel like he needed a nap, even though he'd slept eight hours. When Mike invented MyPillow, he wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. Mike does all of his own manufacturing right here in the United States and offers a 10-year warranty. You could wash and dry my pillow and don't forget there is a 60-day money back guarantee and here's their best offer ever for a limited time go to mypillow.com or call 800-951-4694 and use promo code Des Moines to take advantage of Mike's four-pack special you'll get 50% off two my pillow premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows and free shipping let's transform a space let's paint some walls The Home Depot has everything you need to make it easy. From 3M Patch Plus Primer and Scotch Blue Painter's Tape to bare paint. It's all here. So let's work smarter. Let's prep smarter and get results that take a room from no to woe. Prep. Paint. Perfect. Available at The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details. Worry less with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Hey, thought you were going to be stuck at the repair shop with your car for a few hours. I did too, but Liberty Mutual saved me from that nightmare. Liberty did what? Yep, with Liberty, I can get a repair estimate right on my phone. I just took a few photos of the dent and hit send. Now I just have to worry about getting the kids to soccer on time. Uh, Wait, kids? Soccer? I gotta go. Oh, bye. Visit us online to get a quote. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. 
Liberty Mutual Insurance. Availability varies by state. Other restrictions apply. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Trust, quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free estimate. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643. And online, wolfconstruction.net. Jim Brenson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700KBGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey, everybody. We uh, roll till 3 o'clock today. Uh, as advertised, Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly on the National Football League, is our guest. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Andrew, good afternoon, pal. How's everything? Doing okay. I, I'm trying to take a couple minutes to breathe here. Uh, you know, football is it's about to get underway. Today is our one official day off as sports writers because they're, the baseball all-star game was done last night, and there's absolutely nothing going on today. <laughs> so I'm trying to enjoy it. Well, that's when uh, I was putting together the guest list today and said, you know what? There isn't anything going on. Let's talk some NFL. Let's, yeah, let's go. Let's call Andrew. That always plays 365, <laughs> and Andrew's the guy to talk to. So I uh, want to jump into a couple of different things with you today. want to start north of the border from us here in Iowa up with the Vikings. A, a lot of conversation about Teddy Bridgewater, what they're going to do with him this season. Should he start the year off on the IR? Should it be a full season? A lot of different options out there. There's still time to see how that injury is progressing, those types of things. But as you look at what's happening with the Vikings, the quarterback situation going forward, just to take away from what you've seen this summer. Well, yeah, it's really interesting to kind of see where they're at right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think more than anything else, the franchise wants to be very cautious with Bridgewater. It was such a freaky injury that, I mean, it's the sort of thing where, like, you know, if you tweak your ankle when you're walking, you know, down the street and you have no idea how it happened. Every time you walk down the street afterwards, you're going to be like, am I going to manage to do it again? I think the Vikings are being very cautious with Bridgewater, and I think that's smart. I think it's smart for two reasons. Um, you know, one from the practical standpoint where you don't want to set him back. You don't want to put him out there too early. You don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to risk him again. Uh, and, and secondarily, you have Sam uh, Bradford. And whereas, you know, he, he's not, nobody's going to mistake him for Derek Carr. You know, nobody's going to mm-hmm. see Sam Bradford and think <laughs> that he is, you know, is, is uh, you know, Tom Brady. But he, he played well for the Vikings last year. He was more than serviceable. At times, he was very good. And I think that they're looking at two things. They're looking at, 
a guy they know they could put out there and probably do pretty well with for the most part, um, and also an opportunity to perhaps, if they put Bridgewater on the on the pup list to start or the uh, the non permanent IR list, uh, they could see how Bradford does, see how Bridgewater's knee holds up, and then make a decision a little bit later, thereby avoiding. Uh, burning the last contract year for Bridgewater, and then they can get him next year at a relatively cheap rate, and they don't have to big the uh, pay the big balloon contract price that they have for Bradford uh, for 2018. So I think that in some respects they're just being smart and cautious with a guy who they still think is their future franchise starter. But on the other point, they're th- they're playing the long game. They're looking at this from a standpoint of we can we can play relatively well and compete with Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. But then we know that we have Bridgewater can check out what he is at the end of the season, beginning of next season, and get him at a reduced rate and not have to worry about whether we're going to have to extend his contract quite yet. This is why we asked Andrew to come on the show for explanations like that. Let me stay in the quarterback category, although it has really nothing to do with our regional teams, but we'll get back to those regional teams in a moment. But on the quarterback category, Colin Kaepernick still unsigned. Now there is rumblings that he probably will not get signed unless there's an injury to somebody in training camp or preseason games. Is that fair to Kaepernick? Um, Well, one, I'm not surprised, and and I've been feeling this way for like a couple months since since we got past the draft and everything, and uh, especially after his interview with Seattle when he didn't end up getting signed and they went with a guy who is not remotely. I think I think even Kaepernick's biggest detractors will say he was a better quarterback than who the Seahawks eventually picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it really is. And I think, you know, I, I felt like once the Seattle thing happened, the only way he's getting into camp is if somebody's going to get hurt. Now, we all know somebody's going to get hurt at some point, but I, I think it's unfortunate because I do think he does offer something to a team still. He still has a lot of upside. I do think that there's work to be done to make him a more traditional quarterback, and that limits his options. And I think at the same point, what he does so well, I'm not sure that every team you know is going to be on board with. That's why Seattle was such a really good fit. And, of course, I think you know it's hard to argue that there are some teams. I mean, they're, the ownership's a very conservative group as a whole. Uh, teams like the Jets were run by Woody Johnson, who's a friend of Donald Trump's. There are some teams who are just not going to pick up Kaepernick because of the kneeling. And, you know, and in, in some respects, that's unfair, but that's the cost of what he knew he was getting into at the time. So it, it's unfortunate. But uh, I, I think it does, it does, I think Kaepernick has something to offer. And I, and I think he could still be a very good quarterback. He's not that far removed from being in the Super Bowl and playing well. And I think he just needs to find the right coaching and team situation. I just don't know when that's going to happen at this point. And even if somebody gets hurt, you know, his fitting in and where he's going to come in, uh, that's a big question mark anyway. I mean, is he a guy who, say, the, uh, you know, say a more traditional setup team? You know, uh, I don't want to jinx the Dallas Cowboys because they already went through this last year. But let's say Dak Prescott gets hurt, Mm -hmm. and you're looking for a guy who can carry you to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Cap might be that guy. But he's not a great fit for that offense. Not like he would be, like you could look at the Steelers. The Steelers used to Roethlisberger, who's a more mobile quarterback, 
Cap might be a better fit there. So even if there's an injury, it depends on who's hurt and what the situation is because, you know, Cap may still not be a good enough fit for a team, especially with Super Bowl considerations, to go, okay, we're going to pull the trigger on that guy. Just a crazy series of events with Colin Kaepernick as you – Kind of look back at his career, even look at the numbers that he put up last year. Just touchdown interception ratio, 16 to 4, through for uh, completed nearly 60% of his passes. Mm-hmm. With the quarterback play as difficult as it is, it's, it's confounding how we're at this point. Is it going to be wait for an injury and then, or do you see something that happens before camp breaks? I think it's going to be wait for an injury. Uh, you know, do I think it should be? No. But mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at. You know, at this point, before camp gets started, you know, it, we're, we're in the dead period. I can jokingly say there's nothing going on today, but, I mean, there quite literally is with football. There's really nothing going on today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody's really thinking about it right now. So it will take, to me, an injury to have Kaepernick come into camp somewhere. And, and it could be later in camp, too. And, and it could be a matter of, you know, you get towards the end of the summer when we're in preseason, and there's a team or two out there who looks at their backup situation or looks at their quarterback situation and says, holy crap, this is worse than we ever thought it was. And that team might be one that's willing to give uh, Kaepernick a shot as well. But I think his best chance is if somebody gets hurt uh, sometime early in the season or late in the summer. Andrew Garda is our guest, Pro Football Weekly on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Okay, let's uh, go back then to our uh, regional teams, and we already had a discussion on Minnesota. Take me south then to the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people think this is a team that is going to challenge for the top spot in the AFC West. Is the AFC West going to be the most difficult division, or... Is there another division out there that you think will be even more difficult than the AFC West? I really feel like the only division that can really give the West a run for its money is the North. Uh, Because I think Baltimore bounces back. Steelers are always very good. Uh, I think the Bengals bounce back. But the thing is, is the Bengals, to me, are a bit of a mystery. Uh, You know, you look at what they didn't do with their offensive line. They lost a couple of starters. Um, There's some question marks about Dalton. And then you got the Browns for a pure rebuild. And you look at the West, or you got Kansas City, you got Denver, and I know there's some quarterback question marks there, but everything you hear about Mike McCoy being back in the fold as, as the offense coordinator there is nothing but good. Everything I hear from everybody I know around Denver is they're throwing the ball well, they're moving the ball well. We know their defense is going to be really good. The Raiders with Derek Carr back, they're going to be very good. And I think the Chargers were not as bad as they played last year. They're kind of the question mark. But if you stack those up against the North, I mean, I, I still say the West is the tougher division. But if the Bengals step up and play well and the Browns are a little surprising, they'll at least give the quality of play a run for the money. But, uh, you know, the, the West is probably going to be the bloodbath, and, and there's a good chance that that's the division that may have two wild card teams, you know, who come out. And certainly they should have two teams in the playoffs between the division winner and a wild card team. Because, I mean, where else is a guy going to come from? You know, if it's not somewhere in the North, I don't think we get two teams out of the South, and I don't think we get two teams out of the East. Okay. So is it dead man walking in Chicago for John Fox? <laughs> New quarterback, a quarterback that doesn't sound like he was uh, certainly all invested in before the draft here. Is uh, this going to be the end of the road for Mr. Fox in Chicago? I've been very, very, uh, pretty much repeatedly 
refreshing his LinkedIn profile because I'm waiting for some sort of announcement. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised he's still there now. Uh, I, you know, everybody said everything you hear is that he wasn't really involved in, in deciding to select a quarterback. I think that's, that's as, as sure a sign as you can get if that is accurate. And what I've been told by people who cover the team on a day-to-day basis is he didn't really know that they were going to select a quarterback for sure until that day. Um, and, you know, I get that that's a GM ownership decision as well, but you're the coach. you got to be involved in that some way. And so I, I think that's your best – I think that's your clearest indication that things are not looking sunny for, for Mr. Uh, Fox in Chicago. Hey, you, the, the Bears could suddenly, you know, play very well this year. Uh, you know, they could steal some wins. They could They could surprise people. And then maybe – you know, he gets a reprieve. But it just doesn't look very good for Fox. And, you know, I, I would say not only LinkedIn, but I, I think they're, you know, monster.com, a couple places he could be looking right now uh, that could help him get his next job because by the end of the season, if not before, I, I think Fox is gone. About a minute and a half left here real quick, Andrew. Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes out, says he's on the back nine of his career. You buying that? Well, you know, I, yes and no. Uh, I think I think it's a fair feeling. First of all, you know, it's how he feels, so maybe his body's banged up a little bit. But uh, you know, he, he's he's getting to that age where, yeah, for a quarterback, he's probably on the back nine of his career. By the same token, you look at what he does year in year out, and I mean, does this guy look like he's actually let up at all? I mean, it, you're not seeing a reduction in arm strength. You're not seeing a reduction in scrambling. Uh, you're not seeing any sort of degradation of his game at all. And, you know, if they can keep the O-line and his receivers healthy, he's the best in the game right now. I mean, he's certainly one of the most consistent top guys, and he's in the conversation for top three, and he's, and he's an all-timer. So, sure, from a from an age standpoint, I could see that point of view. But to me, like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, until I start seeing a drop-off, I think Rodgers is going to be a while, around for a while longer. Andrew Gardo joining us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Andrew, Thanks for joining us on your day off, and uh, we'll we'll try to get you when there's a little bit more news next time. Yeah, God, what do we talk about when there is news? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. Take it easy, guys. All right, man, see you. Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly, on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Great stuff out of him. Quick break, and then we'll have our final hour coming up. Scott Miller will lead it off. Major League Baseball Bleacher Report at 2. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Finding great candidates to hire can be, well, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them with its powerful technology. ZipRecruiter distributes your job everywhere it needs to be to find the right candidates. In fact, over 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, only ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. 
Used by businesses of all sizes, ZipRecruiter offers the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free for your free trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. The Home Depot has a new idea. Free carpet installation that means free carpet installation. Clearing out furniture? Free. Ripping out old carpet? No charge. Hauling it away? On the house. No hidden fees. Just free installation on carpet, $699 or more. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid on carpet price, $1 or more per square foot. Unique specialty items and requirements may be priced separately. Not valid in all markets. See HomeDepot.com for details. Our friends, August 16th. This is Shaquille O'Neal. Here with 13-year-old Dylan. Pleased to meet me. What's that smell? My body spray, dude. <coughs> a little strong, isn't it, bro? You know it. Ooh, this is the perfect time for me to introduce new Gold Bond Men's Powder Spray. More than a scented body spray, it controls odor and wetness with a sophisticated scent. It really separates the men from the Dillons. Hold up. Have my earbuds in. You say something? Nope. Fellas, stay cool with Gold Bond. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 